Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Staff's weekly podcast where we talk anything and everything sports. I'm sports editor Dan Diadana, along with assistant sports editor Will Kennedy. And Will, we've got a lot of things to cover this week, actually. A lot of a little bit of non-football stuff, but just a ton of football stuff. We'll start. Uh, we're going to start with the non-football stuff, though, just because it's been the most recent. Uh, Monday night, we had uh, Holland versus Holland Christian soccer. Uh, Holland Christian is ranked number one in Division Three. Holland's ranked number two in Division Two. Um, last year, they were one and two when they met in the district final, and it was the best soccer game I've ever seen. Uh, it was it was completely even, good teams even. I've seen a plenty of bad teams even yeah. soccer in my day. Yes. Or mediocre teams or above average teams. This yeah. was two really good teams. And they played completely an even game. And the one goal bounced off a defender's leg off oddly yeah. and just and went in. And that was the one goal of the game in the district final that determined oh, who man. was going. So who, who was advancing? And Holland ended up getting that win. Last night they met for the first time since then um, at Holland High School. And this time Holland Christian got the better of the matchup with a 3-1 victory. Uh, both times number one winning the matchup of the one versus two. Um, Holland obviously is a little bit different with, um, you know, having a couple of their players from last year not being on the team this year doing club stuff. But also Levi Honda, their best player now, has been hurt. He missed the last couple of games and uh, kind of hobbled around a little bit. Didn't play as much. Um, it played a factor. I don't think it played the deciding factor. You know, I'm not making excuses. Holland Christian outplayed them. Holland Christian uh, looked really, really good. I've seen them a few times and they look better and better every time I see them. Yeah. Um, their offense was in sync. They were able to move the ball and put, uh, you know, centering passes to people's feet or heads uh, quite a bit. Um, so it was it was an impressive, impressive win for Holland Christian, which is now, you know, obviously they're ranked number one, but they they beat Unity Christian that was number one. They beat Holland now that's number two in a, in a higher division. Um, they're putting together a really, really good season. Could be a special season. Obviously, there's a lot of season to go, and it still could be a special season for Holland for all we know, um, as they get healthier uh, and everything too. But uh, it was one one at the half. And then uh, Holland Christian scored two goals early in the second half to kind of separate. And it just kind of took the wind out of the whole game and just, it kind of ended right there. It, I mean, we we're kind of waiting to see if there was going to be a, you know, another return fire kind of a situation or a momentum swing. And there really wasn't Holland Christian just kind of took care of the ball from there on and uh, had a couple more chances even too. Uh, but they looked really, really good. Um, Kirby Eggers had a goal and assist. He just looks like you can see it in his face that he is thinking several steps ahead of everyone. You can see when he gets the ball, he takes a quick look and his, he's like deceptively fast because his body, he doesn't run as fast as some of his teammates do, though he is quick. Um, but you just see it come together where you see his head look around. He mentally, sizes up the situation and it makes him seem even faster because he'll get the ball to that next person's foot real fast yeah. Uh, yeah. because he sees it all happening. Uh, it's really, you know, you, you hear about elite athletes having abilities like that. It's really cool when you can actually see it. Yeah. Uh, and like, you can really see it on his face and you can see where he's going with it. Um, and he's got great feet. Uh, his, I mean, his footwork with the ball is, is it's just fantastic. And then, Landon Culver scored two goals, one off a centering pass header that was perfect in the first half. And, uh, you know, and then another one off a rebound off a, off a, one of Kirby's shots. So it was just, uh, they scored, Holland Christian scored within the first five minutes of both halves. So they really dictated the pace yeah. and the scoring. And that just kind of, you know, makes, 
you know, forced Holland to play catch up both halves, which is uh, which they were able to do in the first half. Tim Phillips got a big goal uh, for Holland uh, later in the first half to tie it and then keep uh, give them the, some momentum. But then at least at halftime, the momentum was like back to even at one to one. But then Holland Christian jumped out and took it, too. So um, really exciting. It was packed. It was packed. The stands were packed. The standing, like you know, there was like almost two rows of people standing around the side too. So it was like there were there were there were at least there were well over a hundred people, if not two, maybe maybe two hundred people there that didn't have a seat. Wow! Um, so that was uh, that was really cool to see that that atmosphere. Um, lived up to the hype of the game, you know, with it being a rivalry and they know each other, obviously they, a lot of them play club together. Uh, some of them might have grown up as neighbors, <laughs> you know, you don't know. Um, but it, that, that was really cool to see the atmosphere and it was loud and it was fun. Um, yeah. And you don't get one. It, I mean, we've had it now two or three of the last years, but you like, I'm starting to get spoiled with these one versus two matchups yeah. with this match. Cause it's, they were one and two last year. And then there was a, another year with uh, maybe it was two years ago where they were also in different divisions. And there was one year where they were one and one. Yeah. Um, so it's just pretty exciting, you know, when that, when that happens. So uh, we won't get another game like that quite like that this year because they're in different divisions and different conferences. So they don't play each other again. Yeah. Holland Christian will likely play unity Christian again in the conference tournament and maybe even in the district. So they might play, Two more times against Unity Christian, who's now I think number three after they uh, swap spots once Holland Christian won. But uh, it's uh, really really interesting to see, and it's kind of fun when you get these little nuggets. We're used to seeing these kind of matchups in like swimming, <laughs> swimming or track, um, but to have it happen in soccer and consistently now, both programs are still, you know, have been good for a while now. So it's not like it's just a fluke year or something like that. Very fun. So. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I was at a, a soccer game last week, too. That I mean, it, it wasn't it was packed, but it, but not for the reason. I mean, the, the play on the field was fine, but uh, um, it was Zealand East for Zealand West. And, and they actually did like a, a memorial to two of their players who recently passed away in the past two years. Um, they started the game with 10 men on the field and it was it was really powerful. Uh, Nathan Wilson from Zealand West had, had passed away last year and Keaton Kroll from Zealand East passed away in 2019. Um, and that, that was a really powerful uh game or a story about it. it was actually the most read uh, story in the entire sentinel not just sports section so we appreciate you reading and 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 and, and you know paying attention to those stories because those are stories that really um are cool and really show that the community is, is, is together uh through sports or through everything so, so so that was a really um cool emblematic story of, of you know west michigan coming together to, to support these two teams and, and who've suffered uh, so much yeah definitely i mean those we we very much appreciate when the readership lives up to the level of the story. Um, that's, you know, that's something that's it. I mean, there are times where that doesn't quite happen. Yeah. You no, know, as you would expect. <laughs> so it's, it's nice when that does happen for sure. Yeah. Um, and then we've got another West Otto has got a purple game as of this taping tonight. Yeah. So we'll have some coverage of that yeah. and uh perfect segue into hope college football's purple game on Saturday. Yeah. Will you were there for that one too. It's this is kind of like your, purple week here well, um i mean i am a northwestern alum so i wear a lot of purple so it fits um but uh no uh hope i remember it was i mean hope blew them out i think the final score was like 49 to 10 or something like that um it, it was not particularly close game um but the first thing i said to, to peter sturzman after the game i was like man 49 to 10 or or, or whatever it was man, it was really sloppy for being that much of a blowout. Like it was, it was a really sloppy game. Like uh, Northwestern of Minnesota was, was winless coming into this game. They lose every game by like 60 points. Plus uh, they, they only gain like 130 yards per game and they allow like 600 yards to the opposition. Like they were a really struggling team and, you know, hope goes down and lets them take a lead on the first possession of the game. Um, and I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? And then, I mean, they, they picked together and, and, and hope scored on the ensuing kickoff. And it was, they were leading for about 10 seconds of total game time. Um, but still like hope didn't pull away nearly as fast as you expected them to against a team as inferior as that. But, um, 
quarterback play looked really good. Uh, Chase Brown. Um, he only misfired on two passes. I think it was 13 for 15 for like 150 yards um, on the day for two touchdowns. He looked really good. Running game took a little bit to get going, but eventually Dan Romano broke the 100-yard mark. He had a touchdown. Um, Kenny Houston had a touchdown. Um, and then at, at that point, you just got to make wholesale changes and got the second strings and, and, and third strings people in to get experience. Um, but it took him a while to get going. A lot of penalties, um, just a lot of sloppy play. But, but in terms of the purple game, it was really cool because um, there was a lot of um, – you know, they, they traded in the orange and blue for, for purple uniforms they were wearing that they sold and um, didn't have the players' names on the back. It had names of, uh, like, people they were honoring who had been fighting diseases or had passed away from diseases. So a lot of people with, like, Grandma Hoogland, I saw one, Eric Hoogland's um, grandma. Um, number 42, one of the linebackers had a, a man named Dave Cook, who's actually Peter Sturzma's uh, father-in-law who passed away recently. Um, and, and that was pretty cool. That, that, that's what I kind of focused my story around because it's such a blowout and, and nobody really cared what happened in that game. Um, so that was really cool. Peter said it, it, it got him a little emotional when he saw Dave Cook, you know, flying around because he had just passed away maybe a month ago. So it's pretty recent. Um, so, so, so he, he liked that a lot. And he, he was, he was happy to see, um, he was able to honor his father-in-law and able to the, the all 110 guys on the team were able to honor somebody that, that they wanted to. So it, it, it was pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they've done, they started this purple game thing, like maybe like 10 years ago at Hope, something like that. Yeah. And it gets better and better. They're, yeah. they're doing it. Um, I mean, it's always been a good thing where they're raising the money, you know, for it and everything, but they, um, they publicize it better now. They, they, the athletes are bought into it. It's not just an yeah. unknown thing. They're like, Oh, I'll wear a purple thing this time. No, they really take the time. Yeah, you know, and really think about who they're honoring and yeah. talk about that. And, um, you know, before it was just purple jerseys. Now they actually put people's names on them and stuff. West yeah. Ottawa does a great job with their purple power stuff too. They do the same kind of a thing. Is it is it is the West Ottawa also for the same cause, the Van Andel Institute? Yes, um, and it's uh, it's it's a partnership that they've had. Um, I'm pretty sure it's for the Van Andel. It's it's a it's a cancer research, uh, and I would guess it was be the same thing. But I I, I honestly don't want to officially say that yes, that's that's their partnership. Um, but uh, I, I I I believe it is. But if not, it's something very similar, and we'll obviously get to the bottom of that with the I'll find um, out the purple game, <laughs> purple game here. But um, they do a great job too, where they you know they really do it up big and right and make sure you know that that's it's not just a thrown together we're going to wear purple shirts today kind of a situation um which it kind of was when both of these groups started it because it just was new you know it was just kind of a new thing it's it's cool to see how that's that it's grown and they you know continue to raise more money and everything which is obviously the most important thing to the institute but them being able to honor their own people i mean we've all got people that have died of cancer or have had cancer that yeah. if it's not in our own family, it's somebody that we knew, somebody we grew up with, family, friend, you know, something like that, classmate, teammate, you know, um, whatever. And so, I mean, I think that that's, to me, that's the, the, also the beauty of it is like when I'm watching those kind of games, I think who would be on my Jersey if I was playing. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Sure. And because I unfortunately have a few options, yeah. Uh, which is, which is, uh, which is, which sucks, you know, but it's, uh, you know, it is what life and what cancer brings to the table. Um, so I think that, that it allows everybody to think, you know, to, even if it's, they don't have a direct tie to one of the players or, you know, whatever it's gives them, it's something to think about that way. Um, you know, and just kind of honor the memory of, uh, of people or, or, um, honor the fight of people who are still with us yeah. um, fighting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, not all of them yeah. were for people who had passed away. A lot of them were for, um, some of them were in memory of them, but, but the majority of them were people honoring people who were still fighting these diseases um, currently. At least that, sure. was, at Hope's Game it was. I, I don't know about West Ottawa's yet. For sure. Well, the, the I can remember the one of the most memorable i mean i've covered quite a few purple games over the years for different sports for you know west ottawa does it for a lot of most of their sports there's you know and then hope does it for a lot of theirs as well um so there's a volleyball and soccer player from west ottawa who's now a volleyball player at hope college named macy kyers and 
she had cancer. Okay. So that is uh, a different kind of tie. You don't always get that kind of a vibe or a feeling or a story. Um, And she, one year for, uh, she was the soccer goalie as well. And the person, one of the players who organized it had just lost their dad to cancer and Macy had just was in the middle of her cancer fight. So you had two of those in one, you know, in one year's version of the game. And it was just um, emotional for the whole team, the whole crowd, everybody. I mean, like it was hard not to get emotional about it because it's just such a different thing. And uh, to, to watch um, uh, Brittany was the girl who lost her, her father to watch her turn that into her uh, passion of organizing these events for West Ottawa. And she still helps organize those, the purple events and everything uh, has been, you know, a cool byproduct to see of this. And then also watching Macy go from somebody battling cancer to becoming an elite athlete in two sports. And then now playing at the college level is that's just a cool thing. You know, like the, there's very memorable things that come out of these purple games, even if, you know, even if we don't know it ahead of time, which is, um, you know, as, as far as our job, it's, it's, it's rewarding to be able to tell the stories. Yeah. Um, I feel like West always has cool see. stories like that. I mean, it's probably because it's the biggest school in the area by a significant margin, but, but like West Side with the, the American Heart Association stuff they do too with um, their softball player that they're gonna, you know, they plan on continuing doing it even once she graduates, um, which, which is really cool. Um, for sure. West Ottawa, I feel like West Ottawa, every time I go there, there's something that's like sports related, but it's like sports adjacent. It's like just a really cool. Right. Um, and I'm sure that really is only because they have the most population, but, but they right. there's, there's a bigger that. chance of them having different yeah. things going on, they, but they it's still really cool that they do that when, when, when they do have them. Right. For sure. So, um, yeah. And that's just, and if, if people listening, if you, if you, if you know of any stories like that, especially from schools that aren't at West Ottawa, because West Ottawa is so good at doing that um, and, and, and telling those stories or finding those stories and letting us tell those stories. um, We want to tell those stories. So let us know. Um, Yeah. I mean, obviously we have the never forgotten game every year, which we we cover. Which is huge and has been huge. Um, It's just unbelievable seeing the Saga Tech and Fanville communities come together um, all the time like that. That used to be a really fierce rivalry. And that completely changed the rivalry where it's still obviously a fierce on the court, but it's more of like a siblings thing now to two communities together. It's more of a partnership, which is uh, incredible. And it makes sense because West Leonard played with a lot of the soccer tech kids and club stuff too. And, you know, and they grew up and playing together and against each other and everything. And it's just, it's really cool. when that kind of stuff happens. So, um, so we'll keep you posted on more of those things as they come. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely a cool thing. Um, yeah. Now to shift 180 degrees. High school. So football. the Lions suck. Oh, the Lions. Um, yeah. Ah, it, they. It's not even like what a what a. Uh, I think Scott Van Pelt called it like a Lionsonian way of losing or something like that, and, and that's just what everybody says. Just classic Lions. A bad call ruins them, and then they give up a record-breaking field goal to yeah. lose a game. <laughs> when they're ahead late. I mean, like, I mean, I can't, I like, I, I'm not as stunned as a lot of people are. I feel like I'm more stunned that people are stunned. <laughs> this kind yeah. of stuff keeps happening to the lions. I mean, the um, kick was extraordinarily impressive and it was just absolutely the fact that it hit the crossbar and then bounced over. It was just up high and over. Really yeah. Hilarious. Um, especially to me, cause I'm not really a lions fan. So like, I literally, I was taking a nap on Sunday um, and I woke up, on that last drive and it was like fourth and 20 or whatever. And Lamar Jackson threw the pass to get him down to midfield. And they threw like one more short pass. And I'm like, Oh yeah, there's no chance. Uh, and then he hit it. And I started laughing so hard. I'm like, that is hilarious that that happened. Well, um, I mean, especially the bounce off the crossbar gives it some, very much some exactly. comedy relief. You know, I feel like that it bounced, it bounced off the crossbar and then you can see all the Lions fans like freaking out, like, yeah, we won. And then it goes and then over go, and they're like, Oh my God. We and won. then immediately have their hands on their heads and go, Oh my goodness. Um, and like, I'm not a, I'm not an NFL fan at all. Like, I don't really have a team that I support. So like, I can laugh at any team's heartbreak. So like, don't be upset that I'm laughing at the Lions heartbreak. 
Right. And well, and it's, and it's, but also what makes it such a lion's thing on, unfortunately, like, don't get me wrong. If they lose under their own power in funny ways, I, I see the, yeah, the, the humor in it, but they do seem to get screwed by a lot of calls. Yeah. That would, and, I mean, the, the Dallas, the Dallas playoff game a couple of years ago when Caldwell was still here yeah. and uh, yeah. with Stafford, like that was a clearly blown call in the r- absolute wrong time of the game that that actually like actually could have cost help or at least helped cost them the game. I really hate ever blaming anything on referees in any sport because I think for the most part you got to rise above it. There's going to be some bad calls in every game. Uh, they're human beings. It's going to happen. That one was bad. Man, the Lions really. I mean, they really do. The Cowboys it seems got to be a pattern. Coming to them though, the next week though, when when Des Bryant, it's not a catch when it clearly was a catch. So like, they got. I mean, right. That doesn't help the Lions out. though. Well, I don't think the, the Lions, Lions haven't won a playoff game since, since like '92. I mean, like, yeah, I know. that was their shot to finally break through. Yeah, but but know, they, they seem to have a lot of bad calls go their way. The whole Calvin Johnson thing, um, with the, that whole mess of the, are they inbounds, out of bounds, where they come down. Yeah. With possession or not, or how does that work? Which I still think is ridiculous from a rule standpoint, because if I'm running with the ball and I reach out and dive for the pylon and the ball hits the pylon with my hand and then I lose the ball. Yeah. It's still a touchdown. So how in the world, if you have the ball over the plane of the end zone and you come down and you haven't dropped it, it's, and you end up with it, yeah, even yeah. if you're out of bounds. How are you? How is that any different? That's the thing, man. Nobody, nobody knows what a catch is. Like literally, nobody. Right. right. I mean, like they make fun of it on all the talk shows and everything too. Yeah. And NFL catches, like you know, it's nobody like catches. nobody can figure that out. They got you know all kinds of CIA officials trying to figure it out. <laughs> like I don't know it if just, you watch the the Monday Night Football. It's been really great. The on on ESPN two. It's it's not like the normal uh, Monday Night Football guys. It's the it's the Manning brothers. I I, I enjoyed it's been it. Fantastic. Um, but like they're always making jokes. Like I don't even know what the hell a catch is. Like I, right. I, I'm a Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't know what a catch is. I want two Super Bowls. I have no idea what a catch is. Right, but, and that's like, ridiculous. That should not be. So there should not be any rule that is so ambiguous. Yeah, it's that's that probably, no one really knows it. No it's not. Knows. This is not an opinion here. Like, you but know, it's 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 really also object or, or, or subjected to the ref. It's like if they complete the motion of the catch, then it's a catch. And it's like, what does that right. mean exactly? Right. What does that mean? And how does that mean? And what does that mean where your feet are? What is that? It's yeah. too much. It's too much of a mess because you know it's you got to start, what are you going to start throwing everything to the middle of the field now? I mean, like, there's nowhere to like, (laughs) it's, it's altering the game that shouldn't alter the game. I mean, like there's like, and Calvin Johnson was the worst because he was the first one that happened in that game against the bears early in that season, whenever, whatever year that was, but then it happened multiple times. And the real reason it only happens and it started to happen with Calvin Johnson is because he was so much better of an athlete than anyone on the field. Yeah that he was coming down with things that he should never have. Yeah. And they didn't know what to do about it. And it's just, but again, it's just another example of how, like the, I I understand how Lions fans gripe about the refs. I don't, I mean, again, overall, I never have the pattern of blaming everything on the ref. I've been at plenty of games, plenty of high school football games, just about every high school football game I'm at where parents are screaming at the refs. Yeah, most of the most of the time when they are screaming at the refs, their call is correct. <laughs> they just either don't know the rule or they didn't see, you know, they're obviously in the stands 50 yards away from it. Yeah. Um, there are calls that referees miss, but man, I mean, I, I didn't know this was necessarily going to spin into an officiating kind of a thing, but like high school games, if you are upset at the refs. Be a ref. Yeah, like these are just like these, teachers. Most most like, of the refs are older guys. Yeah. In their fifties yeah. or older. Sometimes their forties. Uh, you get a handful of younger guys too. Just kind of depends. But if they're not refing, your kid's not playing. Yeah. And There's and- always a shortage of refs. There's always a shortage of refs. So if you're gonna scream 
and yell and hurl obscenities and whatever else at middle-aged refs who are doing this in their retirement or to supplement some income or just to be involved in sports still because they used to be involved in sports, you're picking on the wrong people because that's just, especially when there's always a shortage. It'd be different if there was like an abundance of great referees just waiting to take their place, (laughs) but that's not the case. So so back off all you uh, fans. It, it, it was, it's, it's just, a, except a, against, except Lions fans go to town. Those guys are professionals. They those are professional sense. referees. That's a they completely they different situation to work 16 days a year. Like, yeah, days. that is completely a different situation. Yeah. But you can't treat high school refs the same. No, no. Just like you wouldn't treat high school kids the same. My teacher, when I was in high school, he was like the head of all refs for like, Broward and Miami Dade counties, um, which are like two of the biggest counties in Florida and where the vast majority of NFL talent comes from. And he was always talking about like how hard it was to find refs for those games. Um, and like, I, I don't know how he did it. He was always talking about how hard it was. He was always saying like, Oh, I have to go all the way to like South Dade this week for a game. If I have to leave school early. I'm just like, that's kind of weird, but okay. You do you Mr. McKinney. Um, but yeah, shout out to Mr. McKinney, man, doing your thing. AP government, There you go. <laughs> AP government. Yeah, well, and I feel like you get so much more of a mess, too, during, like, football. Like, soccer, I feel like I see the same refs year after year because it's different. Like, there's line judges and whatever. I mean, you can gripe about offsides a little bit. Yeah. Maybe something that you think is dirty that's that they didn't see or they didn't call is dirty. But it's overall, you don't get as much abuse. No. As you do as a basketball ref or a football ref or a baseball or softball umpire, because everybody thinks they know all the rules to all those things. I also think it's because a lot of soccer people just don't know the rules to it. Like it took me like three years to figure out what offsides was in soccer. Um, Right. I I still wouldn't, I would watch a premier league game right now. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Whatever. I I agree with the ref, whatever. That's fine. Sure. I'm not going to disagree with them because I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. And I've been watching soccer for like five years. Well, and And that's kind of an objective thing too. Like I, so in the gold cup final, uh, there was a, uh, I forget who Italy was playing now, but, uh, one of the teams had a guy like, it's like, if you go past the last defender, yeah. but it also depends on when the ball is played. There was one guy that was offsides by, by like 10 feet, clearly offsides, yeah. but the ball went, the pass went the other direction and they didn't call offsides because the person who was offsides wasn't involved in the play. And I'm like, that's a little subjective, isn't it? He's clearly past the guy. Yeah, like, yeah. so there's but that was the rule like i i put it up on twitter yeah i was like all right soccer people tell me why this is not offsides and they did and i was like okay that cleared it up but like it's that's not uh a known thing and i feel like that's the problem with a lot of things but everybody feels like they know what's going on in football and it's it's not true (laughs) like everybody thinks anytime there's a collision it's pass interference (laughs) Yeah, that's not the case and it's you know it's just yell at the pro refs leave the leave the amateur refs alone basically is my message there so um so shifting from the despair of lions fans um in almost in a comical way to this point and uh, lions fans you've got to know what you're getting into this stuff's been happening for 20 years well, i don't watch the nfl anymore man i grew up a buffalo bills fan I just 20 don't years and it's just i mean there's i don't know i don't think any sort of curse is the right thing i don't think it's any sort of baseball curse kind of a situation with the lions i think they've made a, a series of rough decisions management wise and it's just uh they can't ever get out like they can only get back to where they were because they dig themselves further deep and they they just can't they can't put together enough years where they can actually go up. Um, but like after Barry, like that first year when they went, went to the NFC championship game and Barry Sanders in his like second year or whatever, like that second or third year, they went a whole decade where they couldn't win a playoff game and barely get to the playoffs with the greatest running back in the history of the NFL. That's insanity. If you really think about it, you know, like, when you think about every other great running back, Jim Brown won titles, Walter Payton won titles, Emmett Smith won titles, like plural, like uh, maybe not. No, maybe Walter Payton didn't win plural titles, but he was part of the best team that ever was ever assembled. Thomas uh, did. What was that? 
Thurman Thomas never did. That's true. Well, he, he had four shots. Four Super Bowls. He had four shots there in a row. Um, but like you know, like it's uh, I'm sure Barry Sanders would have loved to have four shots in a row. Yeah, I know. I'm Even sure if you lost them all, anybody would. Um, so, and that to me, that's why that Bills team outside of the 49ers is better than any team from that group because they did that consistently for getting to the Super Bowl four years in a row to me is way more impressive than winning one. Tom Brady has never even done that. I don't think. No, because football's so different with a, a small amount of games, injuries, disrupting things all the time to consistently have four years where you're the best or even the second best team in the league. Yeah. It's pretty insane is really really difficult i mean like was the last team to even sniff that was like the mean joe green Steelers or something like i mean that's the craziest part about that like we're getting way off the rails here but like the craziest thing about we are the bills like the bills always lost in the super bowl obviously but like they always dominated in like the afc championship game like they would like they were clearly better yeah and the first one with the giants was a last second field goal yeah, that was like the only one they had like a shot to win, apparently, from what I've told. Right. Then there was one. They lost two to the Cowboys and one to Washington. The Washington, Washington, that was the year that the Lions were in the NFC title game against Washington. Um, the, you know, like they, Washington was clearly a better team. Yeah. And the Cowboys really were too. I mean, they really should yeah. have won that first one. But, but the, just to do that, I mean, if the Cowboys are so good, they won two in a row there, which was. Fantastic. But did they get to four in a row? No way. No way. Not even close. Yeah. So anyway, the 30 for 30 on the bills on that is really, really good, by the way, if anyone needs something to, to watch, dig more into that. So, all right. So shifting back to college for a minute. I mean, yeah. uh, you are resident college football guru. Your first thought on the weekend was this was like a reality check for Michigan and Michigan state. Yeah, I saw, uh, just, I saw a funny tweet on Twitter, and it was like, wow, Michigan State fans and Michigan fans really spent all week arguing whose team was better when the real answer was neither of them. Right. Because, like, Michigan State – I mean, I think Nebraska is a better team than their record indicates. Sure. I'm a big Scott Frost fan. Um, you just haven't put it together. It's the special teams is what kills him. Um, obviously, it killed them against Michigan State with a big punt return um, that tied it. Uh, but – Man, Michigan against Rutgers, that was ugly. And I, I have more questions about Michigan than I do Michigan State. Like like I said, I think Nebraska is better than, than we expect. Um, and I think Michigan State will be fine. I don't know if they're going to be undefeated or anything going into when they play Michigan. But um, the Michigan has always been the, the one I've been like iffy because they haven't played anybody halfway decent yet. Um, and then they play their first uh, Big Ten game, and it's like, Oh man, I know Rutgers is allegedly improved in year two under Shiano, but they improved that much. Like you almost lost to him last year, and last year was your worst season in like 20 years. Um right. And it wasn't a road game either, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, and and, and their their passing game is virtually non-existent. They just they need to find they need to find some rhythm in the passing game because when when you when you're a one-dimensional team like that and you come up against, you know, legit power five opponents. Um, even Rutgers at this point, I guess would I would consider a legit power five opponent. But but when you play a team like a Michigan State, even down the line, or, or even a Northwestern, for God's sake, I mean you can't be one dimensional. You just can't. No, no. You, you're gonna you you're you're gonna have nothing going there. Right. I mean, if you're gonna be one dimensional, you have to be the best. That dimension has to be like the best in the country to be able to yeah. get away with doing that. I mean, that. you did suffer a big loss. Like their best wide receiver went out in the first game of the year with a torn ACL, which obviously is, is tough. Um, but it's been like four weeks, so you got you got to figure something out to to get work around that. Like that's part of the right. game. Absolutely, absolutely. So it'd be interesting to see how those develop. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know forward. who even plays this week, but um, yeah, it, I, I'll keep an eye on them this week too. So for sure, I always do. All right, now getting to our high school stuff. I mean, it was overly a rough week for all our teams. Um, yeah, Fenville- I, I thought it was, but then I was going back doing the capsules. It wasn't as bad as. A week ago really yeah so i think a week ago only two teams won this week three teams won really Interesting. Yeah. we had three teams win oh yeah Sogatuck, fenville and zealand west yeah fenville yeah. you because it was on saturday right for sure so yeah it just it's been an interesting spell i mean so fenville got their second win in eight man so that's good props to them um putting things together get their third win this week against um bloomingdale who 
is one in four, but their one win came by forfeit and have lost like every game by like so, 60 points. I mean, so. considering that they moved to eight man and last year they didn't win a single game. Yeah, no. This, it, this, this has been a better than advertised year Rich for Fenville. Rich Roth is turning the program around. Yeah, and that's, I mean, and the more they get immersed in the eight-man, you know what I mean, after having a whole yeah. season, it, it's it, it's going to it's gonna change uh, I think, big I mean, time. They have the, the tough thing is they're losing um, the Scott brothers, um, who are like their two most powerful offensive weapons outside of their junior quarterback, Ben Peterson. Um, so who's going to replace them? That's that's going to be the real thing. Um, right. You got them this season, man. Why not shock the world and make a playoff run now that you know how eight-man You never know. You never know. Yeah. So, um, Tucket also marching toward the playoffs. They beat Schoolcraft for the first time in his in school history, um, which is which is big. I mean, Sagatuck has had some really close games with, with Schoolcraft over the years, especially when both teams were real good, like deep playoff run kind of teams. Um, so that was impressive for them to get that uh, win. Uh, three scores for Benny Diaz. Uh, no surprise there. Um, and then Zealand, Zealand West bounced back after their big um, oh, yeah, they dominated. You know, loss at Mona Shores, and they dominated yeah. Reese Puffer. Um, Zealand, East, Zealand East lost to Mona Shores, but I, they put up a fight. Like I, They scored way more points than Zealand West did against Mona Shores, and to me that was very interesting. And that could make for a little bit of an, a more of an interesting matchup when they faced when they face yeah. each other down the road because I, you know, going into the season, I would put West as the heavy favorite. And I would still put them as the favorite. Um, but just not as heavy. Um, but I mean, if East keeps improving, even in defeats, that's a big deal. Um, I mean, Holland almost got another win. I mean, they won their first game in a couple of years last week and then, um, you know, had a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of missed opportunities added up, um, you know, against Grand Rapids union on their homecoming. It was almost a very exciting, I mean, still a very exciting homecoming, after winning a game and having everybody there for homecoming, it was an electric atmosphere. They don't Holland football games aren't always known for being electric atmospheres. No. Um, and that was really exciting to see. They were in it. They were in it in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, just a couple, you know, a couple too many mistakes and uh, you know, but they're, they're hunting for wins again now, not just moral victories. And that's a big deal. Yeah, I would probably argue that last week, even though they lost, was probably their best game of the season, like the most complete game of the season. Yeah, I mean, like their their defense stopped. Team. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. They gave up 41 points. That's still the least they've given up. But yeah. they also – the defense also forced, like, four turnovers. Yeah, and I would and also – had a fourth down, key fourth down stop. And I would argue that Union is a, is a much better team than the team they beat Wyoming – and they gave up 49 points to Wyoming and they only gave up 41 to Union. So like that's right. clear progress in just a week, you know? Right. Um, and they've been doing that week by week. They've been making like slow progress, progress. And, and you know, this week is going to be an ugly scoreline and they play uh, Muskegon, I think. Um, yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be a tough one. But I mean, even if they can, you know, sc- put up a lot of points and, and maybe get a turnover here and there, like make it at least a reasonable defeat. Um I don't right. think he expects them to go out and beat Muskegon. They're undefeated and, and really good. Um, right. But, right. I only expect Mona Shores to beat them. Yeah, exactly. This year. And I don't even expect that. I just think it could happen. Yeah. Um, but that is, I mean, but that's something you can take forward. I mean, like for years, Holland has played Muskegon and they're losing like 70 nothing, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. Like this is not going to be one of those games. No. And there's definitely going to be some things that they can take away. And I mean, they might give up 70, but they're going to score. It's, it's true. It's true. I mean, you don't, we don't know, but like when you kind of finally has a, a grasp on what you're doing, which I think Holland kind of does now, yeah. especially the offense, you oh, can yeah. also take things away from a game from your opponents. Oh, you yeah, can learn from your opponents oh, and you can see things differently. And then, yeah. and that can add up later on too. So, um, we have. We thought West Ottawa might have a shot at, at a win, but oh. they did not get that at East Kentwood. Um, Willie, you were there. What, Much I mean, closer than the score indicated. I'll say that um, final score was thirty-seven twenty. It's a lot closer than the score indicated. It was just, West Ottawa was down by two at a lot of points in the game. Kobe Hagland had a great game. Two really long kickoff returns and an interception and like fifty receiving yards. Um, he just couldn't close that gap, and then they made. Uh, I mean, they were horrible on third and fourth downs. They went one for two for fifteen on third downs. 
um, which you're not going to win any game going two for 15 on third downs. They had like nine penalties. You're not going to win a game going two for 13 on four, third downs and having nine penalties on top of that. You're just not, um, I don't care who you're playing. If you're playing winless East Kentwood or you're playing Muskegon, like you're not helping yourself out there when, when you should. And, and, you know, they, they made a lot of mental mistakes, but, but, you know, credit to Pat Collins. He's, he's really steady, steadying the ship there. And he's, he's really, you know, it's a team, a program that hasn't won a game since October of 2018. Um, and he's really just after the game, I talked to him, he's like, you know, yeah, this was probably one of our better chances to get a win in, in the okay red, but I'm really not worried about that. I'm just worried about trying to get our team better every single time we go out there. And, and he's like, I, I don't, I don't go home and think about, oh man, we lost. I just think about, did we get better tonight? And he's like, yeah, we absolutely got better tonight. We have things to clean up, but this was our best overall performance. Um, the one people he did say he feels really bad about is the seniors. He's like, I drive home and the only people I think about are the seniors because none of them have won a varsity game in their career. And he's like, I really just want to get them just one. So they know what it feels like. Um, and they got another shot, uh, not this week, next week, they play Jenison. That that's another opportunity for him. That, that, that could be a win. Um, right. it's, it's not as likely as East Kentwood was, but you know, if they, if they clean some, some stuff up, get a little better, um, I mean, it's a realistic possibility to, to, to for get sure. Jenison. For sure. And then just, just to have the seniors go out with having at least one win and having yeah. that feeling on a Friday night, there's nothing like that feeling on a Friday night. Yeah. Um, I mean, and most teams, that. most teams experience that from time yeah. to time. At least once. So that, I mean, that is all they need for a real momentum swing. Like they're to the cusp of they're playing better and they're almost there. Yeah. But mentally, they can't get there till they get there. And that's a hard thing. And like learning how to win. I mean, it's such a cliche, but it's so true. Like you just need to know how to finish games. Like right. West Ottawa was down by two and then they were driving down the field. They were at like the 50 yard line to go take the lead. And then they fumble and these Kenwood scoops and scores. And then at that point it's over. Um, For sure. So like, it's just, you got to learn how to win. You got to stop making those small mistakes that turn into huge mistakes and he just got unlucky. The ball bounced right to the East Kentwood linebacker's hands, and he just nobody was behind him. So, a lot of it's luck. A lot of it's learning how to win. A lot of it's just mental. But right, you know, I mean, they're getting better. That, that, right. That's. I mean, that's the most important thing day to day. Yeah, and it's, uh, I don't think anybody would argue that they're playing worse now than they were in, in week one. It's it's, right. it's better. Um, right. Just are they going to be better enough to get a win? Like if this East Kentwood game came in three weeks. It's, it's a different game. Right, for sure. I mean, that does definitely factor in, especially when a team is in the situation that West Ottawa was in. Yeah. Um, so then we got Hamilton. Hamilton lost to Spring Lake 41-31. They had some – they had their moments. Yeah. Hamilton's getting tough. It is. It's. A, I mean, you, you think that the green is insane because the green is insane. Yeah. When you have Muskegon, you have Mona Shores, you have Zealand East, Zealand West in the same conference. But the Blues got Spring Lake, West Catholic, Unity Christian. That's three tough ones, yeah. no matter what, right there. And I mean, Spring Lake is obviously proving to they're gonna they're on their way to a playoff march for sure. Um, I think, yeah, yeah. And so it's it's a uh, it's it's they. Just, I mean, it's a case of just Hamilton got you know outplayed by a team that's a little better than them. Well, um, this week they got Fruitport, which you know based on record fruit ports one and five. So it's like, okay, like this is another chance to, you know, play a team that's like at their level, like not, not a state potential state powerhouse. Right. But I was looking at fruit ports record and fruit ports opponents have one loss total on the year. Yeah. So like, that's, that's uh, not going to be even, you can't even play that because I mean, that's like, how like I say this a lot, like how, for a while, Holland and Hamilton, when they were in the green, I had no idea how they were because if they – Unity Christian was in the green at that point too, and then you had both Zealand schools and the Muskegon schools, that's five losses. You you missed the playoffs with five losses. Yeah. So I have no idea how good Hamilton was. If they were four and five or even three and six every year, I have no idea how good that team really was. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's where we're at with – I mean, that's what Fruitport is dealing with right now, and I think that that's – you know what some I mean, some of our teams I feel like Hamilton's shown their colors already though. I, I feel like we, team. I yeah. feel like we know they're a good and possible playoff team. So it's not yeah. like they're completely buried by their schedule this time around. But yeah. it's it's just tough. And I still continue to be to be baffled by Holland Christian, though 
them getting beat pretty bad by Unity Christian was not baffling. That was expected. Yes. Not even anything against Holland Christian. Unity Christian is on point. They are unbeaten. They are looking ever much like the state title contender that they've been in the past. And um, they're showing it because they're destroying everyone. Um, they're not playing any close games. And so we'll, they're, you know, they're poised for that. So it's not, there's not much to talk about with the Holland Christian matchup specifically in that because what was expected to happen, expected to happen. And again, Holland Christian could have played pretty decent for what they were expecting and still had a game like that. So um, the next couple of games will really show um, more about what Holland Christian is capable of as they, I think they play like three, four in Allendale. Holland Christian's defense has really played well at times. Like they lost the game seven to three. Um, Right. They lost the game like, Oh, like seven to 16 or something like that. Like, right. and then they oh. shot Holland's offense down too. Yeah. They, they only scored six points and Holland's offense is really good. Uh, but the only time that Holland Christian offense has really clicked was week one, they scored 59 points. But since then, I don't know if it's, they've gotten into the double digits maybe once. Yeah. It's just, it's just been a bit of a struggle and it's, it's, they're, I mean, they faced, I'm pre- they faced Spring Lake and Unity Christian, yeah, now, yeah, you know, so like it's hard, it's hard to get going when that's going on, but you got to make sure you can get going on the other, when the other stuff's going on. And that's why that seven to three loss was so tough. Yeah. Um, Allendale, their defense is really good too. So it's not going to get any easier this week for in, in terms of getting the offense clicking. Like Allendale, right. really good. They're, they're two and three, but their defense is really good. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's going to be who can score seven to three win or loss one way right or right who knows i mean this is it's going to be an interesting uh takeaway for sure how this goes and so i mean so we're through five weeks now yeah um hamilton is two and three yep and holland christian is one and four mm-hmm. holland is one and four yep fenville is two and three one three zealand west is two and two because they had the one non game uh, which I hope it doesn't keep them out of the playoffs. I don't think that I think the system has helped in that regard that they yeah. played one fewer games. Zealand East is three and two. Yep. Saugatuck's three and two. Yeah, those are the two best teams in, in our Saugatuck. Well, I mean, I well, record wise. Well, I mean, Zealand West still could be three and two if they had an opponent. Also, yeah. so, yeah. but so Saugatuck looks like a playoff team. Yeah. Zealand East does. But they still have one big gun team to go, right? Zealand East has played; they played Mona, but they haven't played Muskegon, I think. So, and then they got to play Union. They both Zealand teams still have to play Grand Rapids Union, which has some pretty electric athletes on the offensive side of the ball. So, it, nothing's a nothing's a you know foregone conclusion or anything like that. But we might. I mean, I I, I can't see Zealand West not making the playoffs. They've they've lost two but they've lost to the big two yeah so so they're i mean they they should be okay so the thing that concerned me about them is like yeah they lost to this too but they got stomped by uh by uh by mona yeah they got stomped yeah Yeah. they played pretty evenly with muskegon that was a good game they they could have beat muskegon i was at that one they i mean they had a couple miscues in the fourth quarter but they were they were right there. So um, it's going to be interesting, though. We, have, I mean, we've had a years where only one or two teams make the playoffs. We've had years where six of our eight teams may have made the playoffs. And I don't even know where we're going to be. Like, I, I would say what between the two Zealands, at least one of them is making the playoffs. I would probably... At this both point, I probably, probably say, could. I'd say both of them are going to make the playoffs. And then I would guess Sagatuck would make the playoffs. Fenville's yeah. still an outside shot. Yeah, Fenville might shot the world, man. They're 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 getting rolling. Who knows? Who knows? So that could make things pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, just it's it's we haven't had usually we've had a team either Zealand West or Zealand East or at times a few years ago West Ottawa, Sagatuck. Uh, you know, even a couple of Holland Christian teams where we, and one very good Holland team, where we knew one team was clearly the best team in the area, playoffs were a foregone conclusion. They're going to win nine games, you know, once, you know, when they get into the playoffs too, uh, you know, and all this kind of stuff. You know, we don't have that. No. Um, I mean, we even kind of had it last year. We thought Zealand West was that team. 
and they kind of were COVID ended their, their season in the playoffs, but um, it's just, it's just interesting to not have a, a, a real favorite. And again, maybe that's partially where how Zealand West schedule has gone too. Um, Zealand West has a, has a, what I call it as a get right game this week. They play Wyoming. Who's the team Holland beat. And man, if, if they don't win by at least like 50 points, that's, I mean, I, I their offense is not really conducive to scoring that much. Um, especially if, they, if they're playing such an overmatched opponent, but they should handle this team easily. And if they don't, that's when I might get a little concerned about Zealand West. Yeah. I don't think there's anything to be concerned about. I think, I mean, yeah. that's, so they're two and two, I think they're three and two after this week, then four and two. And then they're, then they play East. Which is going to be a really good game. Right. And, but then I still think they, even if they lose to East, they win their last game and then they're in. Well, they so, have someone um, in between now and East, don't they? Yeah. They play. Um, I don't have the schedule up with me. Just for because I know this week they play Wyoming, and, and then they play Union. Union next week. Yeah. Nice. So again, good athletes, uh, but they're off. Their defense might not be able to stop the wing tee. So yeah, yeah, I think Union. Union. I mean, I was impressed with Holland last week versus Union, but I, I you, I, you were the one who were there. It's, it's also so hard for me to talk about these teams because I've seen most of them at this point. Um, right. But I, I haven't seen a couple of them, and I'm really excited to get out to Sagatug this week to see them live because I haven't seen them um, outside of a practice. So I'm really excited to see them and just bring some more insight to these conversations about them. Um, right. I and like I'm gonna, I think I'm going to see Holland Christian either this week or next week. Yeah. Uh, and that'll be good, too, because I really have no clue. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the game I saw of Holland Christian was a really – clearly it was, was an anomaly. Um, right. But It was the first, first game – and a rivalry first game jitters for both teams and a rivalry. And I just they think it shows up. like that they have the potential to be really good on offense. Um, Grant Holland's defense was struggling a lot back then, but, but still like you don't, you, nobody else scores 30 points in the first quarter against Holland. I don't care. And no other team has done that. Um, right. It shows that they have the potential to like be really good. And they have the athletes. I mean, Reeves, um, Reeves Taylor, I think his name is the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's really good. Um, so it's just, I think it's just a, a, a connection thing with his, with the receivers. Will Alderink is really good too. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know what it is, why, why it's just not all clicking there. Cause they have the athletes there to compete, but it's just right. hasn't been in the past four weeks. Right. For sure. So, I mean, they, they can, you know, they need to kind of have a couple of hopefully turnaround groups and it might not get them to the playoffs or anything, but at least, no, at least it you ends know, you turn season around season a season and then can yeah. kind of build on that moving forward. And, you know, Reeves Tucker or Reeves Tucker, Reeves, Tucker? Uh, Reeves Taylor. Yeah. Reeves Taylor. That's the quarterback. Yeah. Reeves Taylor. He's going into his senior year and like, you know, he already has a D one offer, probably going to get more D one offers. If, if, you know, the, obviously I only saw the one game where he played really well, but he has the potential. So he, he, he should be getting more D one offers um, down the line. So, I mean, if you've got a D one quarterback, right you can't be winning one game. Right. Especially in like an area of like, no, no offense to, to the talent in West Michigan, but like there's not a lot of D one quarterbacks in West Michigan. Like, no, you should be, you no, should I mean, even, so. even in with how good the, the green is or what used to be the ultimate green, it was not a quarterback. Yeah. It was not a quarterback driven league. No. And I mean, they should, they should have, I mean, but like, at the same, like if you have a D one quarterback, yeah, he has, he needs people to throw to, but like, you should not be winning one game if you have a D one. Right. Like right. in any so, capacity. Yep. So we'll see how how they try to turn things around moving forward. And that's the case for a few of our teams. And I think I think they can. I have faith in their athletes. And 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 Chris Kuipers is a good coach, but it's just it's the defense is fine. The defense is is solid. It's just the offense has to figure it out, and they've shown that's that's the frustrating thing, and I'm sure it's frustrating for all of them. Like they've shown they can do it, but they just right. haven't been able to in the past few weeks. Right, right, and it should be it should have been a huge thing for them that the defense is playing really good because yeah, that's been that's been their Achilles heel the last few years is that they will score a lot of points with these this spread offense, but then they can't stop anybody, I mean, and it's, it's, now there's some they're stopping some teams. Yeah, and it's yeah. still not. I mean, turning the tide you hold a team to single digits in high school football in 2021 and you lose i mean that's nearly unheard of right and that's happened 
once at least, maybe twice. I don't remember. Right. I think twice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting for it's sure. Tough. So. It's tough. And it's just, it, I, I just go back to the word frustrating. Cause like they clearly know what they're capable of doing and just like, someone reason can't figure it out. And, and right. you, know, you feel for the kids and, and the coaching staff. Cause at that point they're trying everything they can. It's right. just, just frustrating. For sure. That's the word for that sure. comes back to my head is just frustration. Yep. Well, we'll see what happens this week. It'll be an interesting week. Um, we've got some interesting non-football matchups this week too. Thursday, we've got Hamilton versus Holland Christian Volleyball, which has been one of the best rivalries around. Same night, Zealand East versus Zealand West Volleyball, also one of the best rivalries around. Uh, and, both, and all four teams are pretty closely uh, matched. They each have, you know, a couple of really stud players and also, you know, good supporting cast. So it should be an interesting Interesting night of volleyball then Saturday, uh, Hope versus Calvin volleyball for their first of two matchups. This one's at Calvin, um, but it'll be a battle of top 10 teams in the nation, uh, which always is very exciting. So uh, we'll be bringing you coverage on that. There's also conference tennis tournaments for all three of our conferences this week. So if you love tennis, you got plenty to do Friday and Saturday, um, you know, I think Holland's hosting theirs, West Ottawa's hosting theirs, and Holland Christian is hosting theirs. So we got a lot um, of good tennis in this area. That's, I mean, so that means if you you know that Holland's hosting the green, that means Zealand East and West are there. The blue is at Holland Christian. Hamilton will be there. So all of our local tennis teams will be on local tennis courts for conference tournaments this uh, later this week. So um, yeah, we have really good tennis teams here. So um, that's uh, and they all. Th- I mean. Holland just lost to Mona Shorts 5-3 in a really close duel yesterday, which I believe gave Mona at least a sh- maybe a share of the regular se- or the regular season title. But in a tournament setting, Holland could win that one. Uh, that's not out of the question at all. Yeah. Uh, same for West Ottawa and Holland Christian. They, they, I would guess that they're going in as the slight favorites in their leagues. Um, so uh, that's, I mean, tennis is really good here. So yeah. uh, if, if it's nice out, go out and, and you got something need something to do in the middle of the day. If uh, not nice or, out on Saturday, particularly. I just looked up Michigan's football schedule. This is going to be a week that tells a lot about them. They play Wisconsin. Oh yeah, this is going to be a week that tells. I know they got blown out by Notre Dame last week, but they were really close with Notre Dame until the fourth quarter. Um, right, and it's a much better team than that score indicated. Uh, yeah, that's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. Michigan State's got West Kentucky, so they should win. Um, right. That's that's the that's the game of the week in terms of Michigan college football. Um, yeah. Or you know, if you want to stay local, you know, Hope and uh, Kalamazoo, which right. should be a blowout. Yeah, which I mean, it has been in the past. So, um, but then and you also got Hope at Calvin volleyball in the afternoon on Saturday, and the tennis tournament. So there's plenty to plenty to go see. If the weather's nice, you got no excuse but to get out there and see something, um, and then. You can uh, a lot of good home high school football games too on Friday night if you're not into tennis. There's- yeah, for sure. There's plenty of things and or both. You know, there's lots. I mean, it's 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 amazing how much some of this stuff was taken for granted by everyone, us included. When you know COVID hit, that it's like it used to be such a hassle. It's like, oh my gosh, we got to go cover tennis tournaments and then high school football and then this and then that and then everything. And now it's like, we, you mean we get to cover that and see sports all day? Really? Well, I mean, okay, this, great. This, is, this is my first year as a, a full-time sports reporter straight out of college. So like my first experience with my first three months of working professionally was not watching sports. And I'm like, I didn't sign up for this. I signed up. Right. For sports. <laughs> yeah. It's a big difference. It's yeah, a big it's difference now that we got everything rolling here. So in, in football season, man, I'm just on, I'm on top of the world right now. This is this for sure. Is, for sure. Fun. So everybody go out and see game. some sports and uh, you know, you can get some insight to what we're watching so you can give us a hard time too. Yeah. Tell me. Uh, I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, yell at me on know, Twitter. Will's Will's got plenty of you know plenty of things you could be giving him a hard time for on Twitter. So uh, <laughs> a lot of stupid things. Uh, so it's uh so go out and watch some sports. Make sure you vote for our football athlete of the week um, on our site. We got the the poll going until uh, it goes Sunday nights through Wednesday morning, and um, yeah, get out and watch some some sports. You'll see some more coverage this week of the purple game and more football coverage. And then uh, our kind of pseudo volleyball week also. So the, lots of stuff and we'll be back to break some of that stuff down next week as well. And uh, 
yeah, go out and watch some sports. And uh, for Will, I'm Dan. Have a great week, and we'll be back next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.